This chick lived all the way out in Brunswick, Georgia. All right. Let me let me see if I can hold on. I gotta save this note. Yo. Yo. All right. Hold on. Cause I cause I was going in right now. I'm, I'm going in on shit. Hold on. Oh dear. Let me let me get let me, let me get back to where I was. Back to my reality check. All right. So to so to continue, so yeah, some people say I'm quote unquote triggered, as as my boy L Train would say, I'm quote unquote triggered. The reason why I I guess I consider myself triggered is because I've, I've spent a good amount of time being single by choice, so I wouldn't carry bitterness into you know a new relationship and things of that nature. But I've I've actually sat down and read studies and. Paid attention to a lot of things, and I'm and Dylan, as you heard me say earlier, people don't believe me, especially women. Some women, I'm sorry, don't believe me when I say that women control relationships. They control the plane of relationships, and they don't want to admit that. And one of the reasons why they don't want to admit that is because they want to be able to continuously blame the individuals that they are coming across. That they claim that are hurting them and doing them so wrong and blah 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 yakety smacky. So, so I'm gonna ask you a few questions. When you get into know a chick, right? And you meet her in the mall, gas station, Walmart, grocery store, whatever the case may be. What normally happens? You go, you go ask her for a name, number, things of that nature, right? Yeah. Communication start. You actively call, you actively text or whatever. Nothing starts until she does what? She responds. Yeah. You want to ask her out and things of that nature. Nothing actually happens until she says yes, right? You don't get to go anywhere or anything like that until you get to know what she likes and things of that nature so you can please her and draw her in and stuff, right? You don't get the draws until she want to spread the legs, right? So, when you put all of these things and you start to factor in all of this stuff, and when you're in a relationship, not even a marriage, when you're in a relationship, you spend so much time doing what you can to appease this young woman that you like and want to spend time with and get to know and fuck, whatever, butter it up, however you want to call it. But the thing is, have you ever noticed it's very rare that you come across women who do the exact same thing for their men. These women, I've I've come across this young lady here. She's from Philadelphia, like I am. Uh she 25, 26 years old. Lives with, and I, I'm I'm sorry, I originally said live with her mom, but here's the story. Here's the thing. Her situation is all messed up. 
they moved down here from Philly. I'm gonna give you the whole story. I really don't give a rat's ass. I'm gonna give you the whole story. <laughs> oh god. They moved down here from Philadelphia. It's her mother, her father, it's herself. She's the oldest child. And there's two more children. She has a 16-year-old sister and I think in a 10 or 11-year-old little brother. And they live out far east side, past uh, Stonecrest Mall, Tucker, whatever the case may be. Now, the reason why I said parent was because apparently the father moved on when he moved down here. They moved down here. We're here for 13 weeks. And the father upgraded, found him a new chick. And was taking care of his main home, but gave his woman notice, put her on notice. Like, look, we married, but you watched me. And I, and you hear me say this a lot. If you ever listen to any of the other podcasts, you ever listen to, listen to me on Twitter, or I'm sorry, watch me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. We, we have too many women who have this princess and, and queen mentality because he said, you watch me struggle. I got down here. I got, I put us in a better situation and everything like that. And then you put us in a financial rut. She took $3,000 from her husband in their joint account. Mind you, this woman does not work. Took $3,000 from their joint account, blew it on material things, name brand things. For what? I don't know. And he confronted her about it like a man should in a marriage should. And she went off on him, threatened him. And when I say threaten him, I don't mean verbally. I mean physically. Threatened her husband. Okay. So the husband didn't file for divorce. So I'll give you all that. He, he upgraded. He said, you know what, man? I, I don't got to put up with this. I'm going to find me somebody new. He found him somebody new. Now, this young woman that I know, the daughter, the oldest child, lives still in that house that belonged to the parents. But this child, and I call her a child because until she moved down here and finally got a job, had not had a job in her lifespan. Oh, wow. Five years old, had not had a job in her lifespan. My one. Moving to the far east side past Stonecrest Mall. Where there is no bus line. They're out there in Tucker or Covington or something like that. With something out there, some out there where there is no public transportation, okay? She had no way to get around. Her mother had no way to get around other than the husband. But the husband moved. The husband's like, I'm, I'm straight. I'm done with this. So she was forced to basically get up off her ass and do for herself, living with just her mother and her two siblings. She befriended me. Hey, how you doing? Get to know you, all that good stuff. And I realized her situation is all effed up. And my thing as a friend is to aid you in regards to giving you the necessary information needed in order for you to help yourself. Not her problem is a not wanting to not having that 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 bone in her body to be like, okay, I need to go out there and get my own. It's problem number one. Problem number two, feeling that any dude she talked to, especially if she took a liking to them, that they were supposed to just help her no matter what. 
and then that help consisting of literally doing these things for her. I've known her for over a year, but I don't know her, know her. All I know is the drama that she lives in. How we get to this long post is the fact that, like I said, since I've known her and I've known her a little over a year, she has been in close to 13 relationships. Close to, I only say close to because the last two are kind of up in the air in regards to her being with the person or whatever the case may be. Hold on, let me put y'all on hold for a second. Hold on one second. He's really putting her on blast, huh? Not today this evening. <laughs> nah, nah, we we ain't we this ain't this ain't, this this right here, this right here is continuing the reality check. We'll get to that, we'll get to that 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 fun stuff later. I got I gotta school some people, I gotta educate some people, I gotta teach some people because they they're lost out there. They're lost. I don't understand how this young woman in less than a year has been at least in 11 relationships, 11 relationships. Okay. In less than a year. I only Sounds say like afraid to be alone. I thought it was now. I think it was 13 only because two of them, she didn't really label them her man or whatever, but the catch was she was fucking them, but it ain't fair to say everybody fucking you in a relationship with. Okay. So I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, She's bouncing from dude to dude. All the while, I know her and everything like that. Hold on. What's up, man? I'm Justin. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Clearly. Clearly. Somebody's about to get it. As soon as I saw him say, I got some shit to get off my chest. I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Oh, Lord. Um, we worked together for a while. And uh, we've been competing against each other since like 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Work. Tell me how it goes. I'm trying to trying to wipe a computer right now. See if I can get rid of the uh, services about. See if I can get rid of the parent account. Hmm. I'm the floor manager, so a little bit of everything. Well, a whole lot of everything, kind of. <laughs> yeah, you know it. You know it. Uh, I'm at the final rounds. I'm at the TFCs, the SEBs, all of them. Just like him. 
So if you win that TFC, but I'm at everything. Come on. Just do it. Do it. Don't argue with me. Fucking computer. Technologies is getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. When, when, as soon as it hits his brain, has... <laughs> jeez. Oh, I'm about to kick this stupid computer. I swear. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. Man, these people are so stupid, man. Anyway, so where was I, Doc? I was going in on these bras. That's what it was, Doc. <laughs> so, obviously, the, the views and opinions expressed do not uh, represent. The, they, they, they represent a lot of men on this planet. Or, or mainly the United States of America. So I, I'm going. I'm, I'm not really trying to go in specifically on this woman, but I, but she is the example in regards to the reality check because her having all these multiple relationships and things of that nature, and she bounced from dude to dude. The reason why I brought this up was because as as the so-called friend on the outside looking in, there was three things that she said to me that irked my nerves. One thing she wanted me to be her quote unquote side nigga. And I was like, excuse me. And this is why. This is why she said she wanted me to be her side nigga. Was because the few dudes that she was talking to at that time weren't on my level in life. Having their own car, having their own place, good source of income. Now, the reason why she wanted me to be the quote-unquote side nigga is because I live completely opposite side of town than her. So she wanted to have a main nigga, you know, that that she could see on a regular and everything like that and boo up with him and blah, blah, blah. And then I come swoop through, you know, what I'm saying dick her down and all that bullshit. And I was like, I'm not into that. I'm not into that because, A, you just put me on this pedestal above these weak ass niggas you talking to. And then you say, I want you to be the side nigga. Like, think about that. So you you just compared me to the weak ass crap that you normally talk to on a regular and stuff like that, and you realize that they ain't up to snuff. But you still gonna put them higher. That just lets you know that your that your priorities are all effed up. So at that time, I was like, okay, it's no use of me even being friends with her anymore because I noticed that she's using these dudes to get by. I was asking her, hey, you know what I'm saying? How you, what are you doing for a living now and everything that your dad is going or whatever? Because she called me telling me about her dad and whatnot and how her mom saw the picture of him and, and, and the female that he was with. Like he had his arm around the chick or whatever. And she had went through the dad's phone or something like that and drama stuff. And I was like, well, I mean, he told her he wanted to move on or whatever. So like why is she still searching for anything? Like he told it'd be different if he was cheating. 
but he told her he wanted to move on. So I don't get why she's searching through his phone for that, blah, blah, blah. But I'm asking about you. Like, what's going on with you? What are you going to do for yourself? And then she tells me, well, I can't go look for a job. I say, why not? She was like, well, I don't have an ID. I said, like, how are you a grown-ass woman without a damn ID? Well, I don't have my birth certificate and my social security card, so I can go get my ID. How the hell are you a grown-ass woman and don't have your birth certificate and social security card to get your ID? Well, apparently, I get a check. Don't know how, but I get a check, and I get a check from somewhere, and my mom and dad get the check, and they won't let me get my uh, birth certificate, my ID. So I'm in mean, birth certificate, my social security card, so I get ID and stuff like that because of the check. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's social security or something. I don't know. But you should know because you're grown now. It's different if you were 18 and below and they were keeping you, you know, in the shadows or whatever. But I was like, so how long have you not had a job? I never had a job. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're 25 years old. You ain't never had a job. No. You never had a job. No, never had a job. You're 25 years old. You ain't even work at McDonald's. No. How are you expected to survive? Do anything, grow in this world or whatever, when you don't have even the basic tools to do so. Like, you're not in college. You didn't pick up a trade or anything like that. You don't have any trade in regards to your family, no family business or any of that kind of stuff. How are you going to do for yourself? Because you do realize your dad is going to pretty much go start a whole nother family elsewhere. He's not obligated to your mom anymore. Eventually, he's going to go through the paperwork and everything like that, and he's going to end that relationship. So then what are you going to do? Your mom doesn't work. Your mom hasn't worked. Mind you, these individuals, these parents or whatever, apparently they've been together 22 or 23 years, and the mom hadn't worked since high school either. Now, I'm used to that because I am an old-fashioned guy. But I feel that everybody should have something that they can fall back on, male or female. And mom don't have nothing to fall back on. You don't have nothing to fall back on. So where are you going to go? So I, I, I try to help her out, give her number to United Way 211 so she can get assistance through there to get her social security card, stuff like that. That stuff went in one ear and out the other or whatever. I was like, hey, so, you know what I'm saying, call it every now and then and get some information to find out what's going on with her and no progress made forward until no progress made forward until she tell me, Oh, well, I got a new dude. Oh, you got a new dude now. Now she got the ability to drive around and go do something or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so that's cool. So he go help you go do some stuff. Still no, no license, still no ID, no social security card, no nothing. It comes full circle today because out of these 11 plus guys that she's talked to and things of that nature, somewhere down the line when I stopped conversing with her, she did finally land a job at Hardy's. First job, Hardy's. Congratulations. Problem is, she got tired of the job and had to quit for two reasons. A, because she was tired of the job. It's fast food. Everybody knows how the drama is fast food. But the second reason, the most important reason, is she had to quit the job because the dude was breaking up with her. The dude was breaking up with her because the mom had a problem with the guy coming over to the house on the regular. But the guy had to come over to the house on the regular because 
he was her transportation to get to and from work. I asked her, I said, so why did your mom have a problem with him coming over on the regular if he's the one getting you to and from getting your source of income to help out not only yourself but your family because your mom still doesn't work, correct? No, mom don't work. So your mom doesn't work. There's no other source of income coming into the home. The dad is in position to totally abandon that situation as soon as humanly possible. But he's doing what he can for his youngest kids for now. And he's putting the obligation on your mother, which your mother is not doing anything to put her best foot forward to do what she has to do to grasp this situation. So it's all on you. And you mean to tell me that your mom wants to shut all of that down because she don't want the dude coming over to the house on the regular? I was like, what's going on for her to feel that way? Nothing. My mom's just that type of person or whatever. This doesn't make sense to me. So why don't you find a way to save up your money? You know what I'm saying? Get you a small place on your own, et cetera, et cetera. I know you care about your, your siblings and stuff like that, but the best way to help out your siblings might be for you to get your own shit to going. And maybe you'll be able to pull them out of there or whatever the case may be. Well, I ain't really, I ain't really fucking with the nigga like that no more. What you mean you ain't fucking with a nigga like that no more? Uh, cause he don't give me money every week and stuff like that. Dog, I about pop dog. I about pop dog, dog. I said, so this dude don't ask you for no gas or nothing like that. Takes you now. This supposed to be her dude. This supposed to be her dude. He taking her to and from. I ain't even mentioned the stuff that I'm telling y'all. I ain't even mentioned the stuff about the fact that he has to. Her mom don't drive. So how you think they get groceries in the house? Just ask that question. Ask yourself that question. How you think they get groceries in the house? Him. Exactly. In order for her to go cash her check so she can help pay the bills so she can go get groceries and stuff. Who you think it does that shit? Him. And then your mom got the nerve to pull the card up. Oh, well, I don't want him over to the house. That often. It'd be different if he was spending the night. If he had clothes over there. If he was running up bills. That's. Dude. I almost popped off. But see, I allow people to, to talk and stumble. And fuck themselves up. Because when she said that the nigga wasn't giving her money every week. And wasn't helping her out financially. I was like, he's helping you out. And it's costing him money to do all of this stuff. To help you out. And at no point in time did you ever stop. To, there's sometimes you need a little bit more than a thank you. And a thank you. Some, for some people, a thank you is fine. But sometimes just if you just offer, hey, I'm going to give you $20 this time. That's all I got or whatever. You know what? He probably would have told you to keep your money. And been like, hey, just the fact that you thought about paying me lets me know that you understand and that you are appreciative but keep your money because i know what you're going through etc cetera, etc cetera. i'll continue to help you thanks but no thanks but that's not the thing she felt that he was obligated because they were quote-unquote together that he should be giving her money on a weekly basis that was exactly what she said he don't give me money every week I said, this this, this has got to be the Twilight Zone. This has got to be Black Mirror shit. She must have been watching Netflix and saw this on an episode of Black Mirror, and I ain't seen it yet. I don't know what the fuck's going on. This some Stranger Things type of shit. She found <laughs> another dude. She found another dude actively talking to this dude, but this dude don't drive. 
Now, I can respect her apprehension of talking to that dude because she don't drive. So how the hell are y'all going to see each other? Well, he don't got his own car, but he at least got his own license. He could drive his brother's car and stuff like that. Okay, cool. First thing she do, fuck him, of course, because she got to draw him in. You know what I'm saying? She don't got nothing to bring to the table, so she got to draw him in. So she fuck him, of course. You know, so first thing he wants to do is hit her up on a level of sex all the time because that's the first thing she gave to him. She got to a point where she wanted to call him a bum because he didn't have his own place. That he was living with his brother. She wanted to call him a bum because he didn't have his own car. And she went off on him because while working and stuff like that, and while putting gas in his brother's car so they can get up and go where they wanted to go, so he can take her to the club to go outings that you normally go on with a significant other that he wouldn't drop money for her mother. Get this now. This 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 the, for her mother to go out with another man and get her groove on like her daughter was getting her groove on. She told her that her mother told her that if she can go out and go have fun, she should be able to go out and have fun. So she took that as, okay, well, I'm going to tell my nigga to get me some money and I'm going to give it to my mom so my mom can go hang out with whatever nigga she dealing with. These Some of these women out here, man, their logic and where they come across, is it, it, it boggles my mind. I don't... I don't know where we're coming from, but my reality check was just to say relationships and marriages are two totally different thing. And our our approach, our approach towards relationships have now come down to men and women using people as come ups. We now treat people like they are obligated to do for us what we are unwilling to do for ourselves. And I think that's asinine. I really do. I feel like if if you have people in your life that's willing to, to aid you in, in, in whatever you got going on, that's fine. But if you're actively seeking people to have to do the things that you don't want to, it's always going to end bad. We will have our love and relationship podcast coming up real soon where I will allow the female audience to call in throughout the show. The show will only be an hour this time, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know. An hour isn't long. You know, all the women want to call in and they want to bash all the dudes that's a piece of shit and stuff like that. I get it. I understand. But we will only have an hour. So get your questions ready. Get your hate mail ready. You can feel free to email me at thechillfactorpodcast at gmail.com. That's all together. No spaces or anything like that. The Chill Factor Podcast at gmail.com. You will be able to call in and your voice will be heard. I will be releasing the date for the Love and Relationship Podcast, but you can also check us out on Facebook 
the chill factor on Facebook. And we look forward to hearing from you all soon. And Dylan, you can stop it right there. And let me find out what the hell wrong with this goddamn Facebook all of a sudden, bro. Mm, yeah. Nigga, I got look, 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 nigga. My girl, look, my girl is straight. I'm I'm fine. My girl, see, I've been stopped giving those bitches attention. The bitch hit me up on Facebook and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, what's going on? You know, the same old bullshit rhetoric. Hey, how you doing? All that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but I've been stopped giving her that attention. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, I realized, I, I realized that she pretty much on the same level as like a gold digger or whatever. And I realized that shit. I was like, well, I ain't no use to talking to her. You know what I'm saying? So I stopped talking to her. She hit me up on that, hey, how you doing type of tip, and I kept it on that or whatnot. And then she asked me for a $45 loan. And I was like, fuck I look like? Giving you $45 on a loan? A loan? I don't even see you to loan you any money. And then she talking about, I'm, I was trying to put you on to some uh, to some uh, name brand clothes. I was like, bitch, do I look like I be walking around in Jordans and shit like that all the time? Fuck Jordan. I don't give a damn about Jordan. Or his punk ass shoes, or his clothing line in general. Oh fuck that nigga! I ain't never bought a pair of Jordans. Who the fuck is this? I do got me a couple pair of Dion. Cause when I was poor, when I was young, I always wanted me a pair of Dion, and I couldn't get them shits. I'm a grown ass man now. I saw them blue and back Dion's dog, and I was like, man, I'm finna get them shits, and they match this goddamn pulley I'm wearing too. And guess what? Got the motherfuckers on right goddamn now. I wanted to get me those. I wanted to get the black, purple, and gold. I work hard to get the motherfucker. But I just feel like we come across people who just be like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Anybody I talk to should have to do this for me or whatever the case may be. And that shit trips me out. And she's one of those individuals. But my girl don't do that shit, though. You know how many times, Dylan, you don't understand how many times my girl been somewhere and whipped out her her goddamn purse or whatever to pay some pay for some shit. She knows what type of dude I am. She waits for me, you know what I'm saying, to open the door for her and things like that. She didn't used to do that. I had to train her at. She used to go running, galloping to the goddamn door. To the point where there was a few times I had to damn near elbow shiver her ass and shit. Like, like what the hell are you doing? Like, but she know I opened the door for her and things of that nature. My wallet is out ready, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have to prove anything to her she already knows but my dog my, my, my girl don't ever ever stress me in regards to no shit like that and when she's looking for a girlfriend for us that's what we look for we look for somebody who's on our level also because the first thing she will tell my girl is a realist the first thing she will say is i don't want no clingy bitch i don't want no clingy bitch i don't want no needy bitch all we doing is fucking I don't need no bitch that's going to be hitting you up or hitting me up talking about I need a ride here or I need some money for this and blah, blah, blah. My girl is a realist, so I don't have to worry about that shit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, I do go through a, a certain... What the fuck? 
I do go through a certain, you know, level of questionnaires and everything like that when we trying to get to know a new chick, you know, to bring her into the fold. But it ain't no long term shit. It's only sex, dude. So I don't have to worry about the bitches when they tell me, oh, well, I'm I'm what, what's the what's the term they use now? I'm self-employed. And I'd be like, oh, what's that mean? What, what, so you have your own business? Well, yeah, exactly. So what kind of business do you run? Oh, I do hair. You're not a cosmetologist. You do hair. You 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 don't got a business number. Don't got a card or nothing. No, bitch, you just broke as shit. Just say that shit. So believe me, Dylan, this ain't for me in terms of getting no bitches and 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 trying to be with. Nah, I'm straight. I got my. Well, me. Not. Justin, Justin's going to be here for a while because the questions that see Justin, well, we, we'll get into it. Hold on, get, let's get let's get this shit rolling. Well, I'll explain to you why. Hold on, let me let me get my. I mean, <laughs> he was on the roll, you know. <laughs> The Rock is winning. This chick, her name is Juicy Fruka. Okay. All right. You ready? You ready? You ready? All right. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's Chill Factor. I'd like to welcome you all to the Getting to Know You section of the Chill Factor podcast. These podcasts will take you into the minds and day-to-day lives of competitive gamers across the United States both male and female. This week's episode features Justin Gray, formerly known as Omega, ba- Omega Battle Cat. I want to thank him for tuning in with us today. Now, it's going to be kind of hectic. It's going to be kind of hype because I've had a few other things to talk about prior to having Justin in here. So I've been kind of loud and obnoxious and crump already. So Jay, what's going on with you? Yeah, and yes, I am at work doing yet another podcast. So what's going on with you, Jay? What's up, man? What is up? So we going now. It's see, Justin's gonna get a lot more questions, and and I'm gonna uh, we're gonna get into why. So first of all, Justin, give everybody your full name and your current uh, gamer tag. My name is Justin Ryan Gray. Uh, you can find me on PSN as Just Die Dash Zero One. Just Die. They think killing niggas, man. See, this is angry all the time and shit. I don't, I don't understand. So Justin. It's the first podcast with us, and normally we we go a little deep, we get a little personal, and whatnot. So we're gonna ask your age, we're gonna ask your location, we're gonna ask your occupation. Hopefully, you don't got no warrants. I don't. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Yeah, hopefully I got no words. I got, I got, I got to watch out with. I actually need to add that a part of my questionnaire. Hey, you got warrants, so I know what kind of questions I ask. So where, <laughs> you, where you staying at now, Justin? And how old are you? I'm 35. I stay out in Latonia. How long have you been in the scene? Since 99. 1999. 
Now it's ninety nine. That's a that's a long way away, dude. Like for Georgia FGC, yeah, it's ninety nine. Ninety nine. Now, what got you involved in regards to the fighting game community in general? Arcades. Oh yeah, Ar- well, all day. That's where I met everybody important. That's where I met. That's where I met Larry. That's where I met you know Ant. That's where I met Kamal. That's where I met you. That's where I met Joe Clint. Arcade. Because arcades are so social, you know what I mean? It was such a social experience. Because, like, if you were that quiet, like, introvert, chances are you weren't really going too many places, you know what I mean? Okay, I so love you got to elaborate now. So we say arcade. Tell us about the arcade scene that you were originally involved in. Name, location, all that good stuff. Tell us. Tell okay. Okay. I first got into it in uh, PG County, Maryland, right? And um, it was because, I, you know, I saw Street Fighter for the first time. And for me, that killed Nintendo and all that shit. I didn't care about consoles anymore. You know what I mean? Because I saw the huge difference in, like, performance, graphical power, all that good stuff. And, um, and Street Fighter. That was Street Fighter. That was my first time seeing something like that. Like, I didn't see Street Fighter 1 the first time. I saw Street Fighter 2, like most people, you know? And, um... Like, that blew my mind. Like, you're actually competing against the person next to you. That blew my mind. I have to learn how to play this. So, um, that just got exacerbated by the time I got to Georgia because I felt like the arcade scene in Georgia was really heavy. Um, ever since I was a kid, you know? Because um, I've been going around since, uh, since Mortal Kombat 1. Game Warp specifically, because it was the closest to my house. Only place my mother would take me. Um, and I would just hang out there all day. I would cut grass, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially during the summer, like, every day of the week. So the weekend, that would just be where, that's just where I'm going to be. All weekend, that's just where I'm going to be. And, um, you know, like, I like the fact that, like, if you're bad, you're going to be spending a lot of money. If you can't win, you're going to be spending a lot of money. If you can, you're going to be saving some of that. So, you know, and... um the more the more people I saw, like the you know the more stiff competition would be because like you know you can see things that you haven't seen before and people would use things differently and all that. And um, I, I think I met Eric Jeffries and Lee first, and then Larry like like a few months after that. And um, yeah, that's when I really you know started to to find out like what what good is. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really notice. I didn't really know it until I got to Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, what good was. Because I didn't start get, really getting killed until I got to Georgia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, Georgia really really shaped my perception of it. And I think that's why I, I dove so hardcore into the scene like I did. You know what I mean? Because, like, everybody knew about my house, like, in the 2000s stuff. Like, like White Knight and Nissan, they stayed at my house. So then when Ozzy came um, to try to play them fools and find around and everything, he came to my house. Jop had tournaments at my house. Uh, Bane and Clinton all them came to my house. Everybody came to my house. You know what I mean? Like, I just like having them there and just seeing all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, seeing, like, high-level play. Like, while they're doing all that stuff, I'd be in the back, like, making spaghetti, like a big-ass pot of spaghetti or something. You know what I mean? My mom was gone all the time. You know what I mean? So we pretty much just had the house. And so what we did was, um, remember little Chad? Yep. Me, Chad, and Scooby um, would set up, like, hook up VCRs to each other. And just like make duplicates of videos of everything that they did the whole time they're there, all weekend. Because that's the only way I can concept or excuse me, um, 
only way I could, uh, you know, make up for the absurdly large electricity bill I just accumulated <laughs> in three short days. Because, uh, like, everybody bought TVs. And I knew my mother was going to kill me when she got back. But if I presented her with some money, she ain't going to trip too hard. I mean, she, she did a little bit. But it's like, you made all this from, from tapes? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so she didn't trip too hard after that. <laughs> oh, man. Damn Damn Chad, where 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 is Chad these days? I don't know. He like started a metal band, and I think he still plays Smash. Um, but other than that, I don't really see him at anything anymore. I see Cornell more than Chad. Okay. Like those two guys got really good at, at Smash. Like they were like the country's top ten for at one point. Yeah, I mean Georgia at one point in time dominated Smash, uh, Guilty Gear. Soul Calibur and Tekken all at one time. Um that was like the like the top ten. Man, we were we were talking about that early in a, another podcast, um, where the South wasn't really getting as much respect. Uh in regards to Marvel, we played differently. And I was explaining to uh Dylan and Cam Too Cool uh about Sentinali, about Raekwon, about skits. I hadn't even got to Mike Mixon and Blazini Flow, Justin. Um, I ain't even got to, to those guys. And uh, to the left of us with Vegeta X and so forth and so on, I ain't even got that deep. Which, you know what I'm saying, brings me into that right there. What is your overall favorite game in general? Capcom vs. SNK2. I knew it. I knew it. It's like it's like right behind it. Yeah, the slowest paid game ever. The crowd's fast. I know, I know, but I don't know why. I, th- I blame Japan because I was stationed in Japan, like during you know the second half of that game's life, mm-hmm. and I, probably because it was everywhere and it was easy for me to get uh, like competition and stuff. That I just, I just really liked it. That Third Strike and Tekken Five are easily my favorite games. Got you. Right, now, now. I don't even now. Everybody else, I have to ask every because everybody else doesn't know because they don't know you. What are the games that you played on a competitive level since you've been in the scene? Marvel Two, Third Strike, CBS Two, uh, Soul Calibur Two, and One. That was it. Yeah, but mostly Marvel. Marvel's what I gave a fuck about when we were competing. Cause you know we, we were fierce in that. Like like I, I don't see why people slept on Georgia and Marvel. Like I, I don't know why. I'll tell you why. I, I'm gonna tell you why. And a lot of people are not gonna want to. A lot of people from here are not gonna want to agree with this, but they're gonna have to. You know, we're older now, so we can. Um, and this is gonna involve a little backstory also. So speaking on myself, when I got into the scene. I got into the scene because I was going to the blockbuster tournaments, and I used to dominate at the tilt at uh, Greenbar Mall. And this is going to take some people way back because this is way back when Greenbar Mall had just converted their their movie theater into a dollar fifty movie theater. Now, that wasn't my only stomping grounds, but it was my main stomping grounds because it was the first place I had moved to when I was down here. So I met. Clint there. And later I met Joe. Now, Joe lived closer to that area. 
And the tournaments, the tournament games that they had was Sega Genesis stuff. They had virtual, virtual on or something like that. I forgot. It was VR something, but it had the the uh, Formula One style racing cars and everything like that. It had Judge Dread. Those were the you had to get in order to get into the fighting games. You had to get the highest point total in these garbage games, and then it moved into the fighting game. So that was free and easy. So it was Judge Dread. It was the virtual on or whatever the case may be. And you didn't know who was actually placing anywhere. You just saw a board and you saw somebody's name or their gamer tag there. But you never met anybody because when they had the tournament, they had them in individual areas where you never were like sitting next to somebody or anything like that. You did the one actually. Turtle so, tournament fighter. And I screwed yeah. up. So they had now when it got to the fighting game part, they had clay, they had clay fighter, they had clay fighter, they had uh one of the teenage mutant ninja turtle joint. Yeah, turtle tournament fighter for Super Nintendo is the one they did. So I'm bodying everybody, but I know Clint's going to get in because Clint and I had been playing Tekken at the tip, and Clint was cleaning people, and when I say cleaning people, he had people. Mad, they would throw money up on them. man, fuck this shit, you know, to get next. And he'll be getting ready to leave, and then I pick up where he left off. And they used to have a Mortal Kombat in there, so he would rotate the Mortal Kombat. So I knew he was coming, and this particular time he did not come. So I was like, oh, I got this tournament fucking free. And then this chubby, really light skinned, looking like a Samoan motherfucker comes in, and he just he's like, yeah, yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, hey to everybody. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, why this nigga all polite and shit? And he rips everybody a new asshole. And I'm like, duh, I gotta face this shit. I ain't never seen no true glitches or nothing like that in fucking Clay Fighter or none of that shit. Dog, I'm talking about Joe wrecked everybody. I get up against him, he bodied me. We played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And everything kind of go back and forth or whatever. He wins that shit too. He wins the blockbuster shit. And they're supposed to go on to go against other blockbuster shit. I came into the scene talking shit. And uh, I end up meeting Max because we went to Georgia State, blah, blah, blah. And they put me on to Justin when I started traveling over to the North DeKalb area. So how Justin and I actually came across each other, Dylan, is as rivals. Is because Justin, Justin is like the king in his area, you know what I'm saying? But he trickles down too because a lot of the people that we knew in our circle, it was other people that I knew that I could body. Like, like Ant was a respectable guy and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? But there was I never had heard of him playing Marvel and shit. So, you know what I'm saying? The North DeKalb area was like, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna go over there and free all them niggas up. I respect Eric Jeffries, one of my closest friends in the scene at that time. But Eric used to play Strider Doom Sentinel. And I was like, dude, if I kill Doom, his Sentinel is weak. I'm finna body this dude. And he, his nickname was Dirty as Hell. So I was like, dude, this, the East Side ain't got no competition. So I'm talking shit, blah, blah, blah. Not knowing that Justin is really tight with Joe. Joe trickles my information up to him we on srk if you remember dylan i'm talking about srk earlier in another podcast justin's on there 
who is this nigga talking all this shit? Blah, blah, blah. You need to come over here. Blah, blah. So they take me out to Justin's house. We come up there, step down into, I don't know if it's like a literally a living room, but I know we had to go through the kitchen and everything to get yeah. down in there or whatever. And yeah. Justin's, to let you know how ridiculous it is, I'm still in Marvel, but fairly new. So I only know two infinites. I know Iron Man's infinite, and I had seen Doom's, Doctor Doom's corner infinite. And I knew it was like the hardest shit next to Cyclops mid-screen infinite, which I hadn't even been touching at the time. And I was like, this has got to be the hardest shit to fucking do. Chad is in there, and he's the young buck at the time. So uh, I see him, he's playing Blackheart or whatever. So I tell Joe, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to body that nigga. Got that. I was like, yeah, that, that nigga, he playing my character. You know, blah, blah, blah. Justin's over there. Justin then went through the room. He's went through the room beating people. And then he whips out the Doom Corner Infinite. I was like, oh, that nigga's real. <laughs> what was funny is that Joe was standing behind me. He was like, do the Infinite mid-combo. And then they started doing the Infinite. Right after he said it, like on demand. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to play long sets then, but we did get to play long sets months later. We went to a guy named Dorian's house where Justin fucking interrupted my threesome and to go play his ass at Dorian's house. I was mad that fucking night. I was so fucking mad, Doc. Justin, so... So anyway, to get in the story, so we so we don't get to play much at Justin House then, but I did get to watch. I get to see that he real and he's solid as fucking the guy. I did get to play Chad and everything. His his black heart was solid. They were a training partner. I didn't have a real training partner at the time. I just used to go to the arcade really heavy, and Max and them would give me a few tips. And we had this weak ass dude named Kane that played. Oh, I remember him. And he was an Iron Man player, and he used to give false information. To keep himself on a on a big plateau, and we used to try to get him to go to Justin's house, but he would never. He would always have an excuse why he couldn't come. But Justin was actually my first ever rival because it could. I continued to talk shit, and he was like, "Well, you ain't played me at the house." He was like, "You should have played," you know. So it was back and forth online, and because we had mutual friends, <laughs> it was like, "Well, why we ain't playing? Like, you, you bring your ass up here, you know, blah." Because he's having gatherings on a regular. And I'm on my side of town, like, oh, well, I, got, I know, I know. I'm like, okay, I got to get up to his level. You know what I'm saying? I'm still talking shit, but I know I got to get up to his level. <laughs> so eventually, we finally do get to play. But how we get to play is he shows up with Joe and them out the blue at Dorian's house. And they call me. They blow me up. I'm in the middle of four titties at the time. And I don't want to answer the phone. So I'm, I finally answer the phone, but Joe tells me that he's going to money match. That's what got me out the bed. That's what got me out the bed. So he's going to put some money up. I said, okay, if he's going to put some money up, then I'll come. So luckily the girls live like fairly like around the corner because Dorian lived in Bent Creek at the time and she lived in Apple Tree. So it was like literally right around the corner. We get over there and now this nigga is is practicing on Cyclops mid-screen infinite. <laughs> I'm like, man, I like that. Look, I didn't, I didn't took a couple of months just to get to here. Got my Iron Man shit down pat. Now I'm learning cable and shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on my Sentinel, my Storm, and now I got to deal with this nigga shit. 
Oh my god. We don't get the money match, but we play, we play for hours. Dog. We played for so many fucking hours, dude. And it was level up time. By by that it was time, good. I learned so much from playing Justin at that time that when it was time to travel, and this is where I'm gonna hurt people's feelings. I wasn't the best in the community by a long shot. Joe, Max, Justin, Oliver, Oliver definitely was better than me. They wouldn't go anywhere. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. Because I know Joe knows how good he was. And when I say won't go anywhere is Georgia traveled. But in terms of like the hotbed uh major tournaments i couldn't really get joe and max to go it always was a conflicting time for them to travel or whatever the case may be so i had none of the marvel community to travel with which caused me to pick up tekken i had already been playing it and i had been coming across clint so much so often to the point where one day me and Clint hopped the rail together at the Garnet train station. And he was like, my nigga, you be doing that shit too? And I was like, yeah, nah, I be doing this shit too. And he was like, what up, my nigga? He was like, yeah, what's up? And they was like, shit, I know you don't know. I was like, yeah, nigga, like, we be playing at the tip. He was like, oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah. So we, we did up, developed this rapport. And then he takes me over to, well, actually, it was two locations. We went to Jop's place, which is how I met Marty the first time. And we went to Earwig place. And I think Eric lived in Little Five Points or something like that. Yep, yep. He lived like right down from MM Park Station, I believe. Yeah. And they were playing. And so here's the thing Justin was there. This Larry was there. But Earwig and them hated Marvel. They banned Marvel from the fucking house. So I was like, I'm, I was like, I ain't finna stay here and just watch these niggas play Third Strike and CBS 2. That shit takes like an hour for a match. I don't want to see this shit. So I ended up having to learn to play Third Strike and CBS 2 because we weren't allowed to play Marvel while there. But I hated it too. I hated it too. But the traveling thing, yeah, it sucked because I only started traveling because I got into Tekken and Jock was traveling and Clint was traveling. And before I knew it, you know, yo man was around and mom was around and it was like, all right, well, shit, this Tekken shit is real. So let's go play. And I didn't realize that that it was so many other states that were playing Marvel. So I started playing Marvel anywhere else we went. But I didn't have Joe and Maxinum with me. And a lot of times, I, I think in regards to totality, in regards to our entire Atlantic South division, for a while, it was the only people, the only three people traveling for a while that were successful with Raekwon, Mixup, Blazini Flow. Because by the time I got in, Cincinnati wasn't traveling at all. Ink Indu wasn't traveling at all unless it was for Soul Calibur. And he wasn't really leaving the South too heavy at all. And it wasn't really much for people to know. And Skits, as good as he was with all the storm tech and stuff like that, he, it was a long time that he had never left Alabama. He couldn't even get to Atlanta for a long time. It took to, it took skits to really get over to Atlanta, probably 2004 or something like that, 2005, maybe, maybe that. Because that was after my, my first daughter passed, and I was like, shoot. Like, when I met, met skits and realized who he was, uh, I was like, damn, dude, like, like where, where are you at? Where you been at or whatever? But we had already reached a certain plateau. But, yeah, in regards to Marvel, I think 
the Northeast mainly's apprehension towards us was just the fact that there wasn't a big group like it is in Tekken. In Tekken, we threatened top 10s. We, we threatened top 16. But the Atlantic South Division wasn't really threatening top 8s consistently like that. Mix-up, yes. Sometimes Blazini flow. Raekwon did numerous times going up to the North Northeast. And then he couldn't travel as much anymore. Because I remember he was he would get second place and lose to Wong. Or he'll get second place and lose to Sanford. Or then he'll get third place and be out versus Wong and Sanford. And then he was in. A lot of people don't even know that Raekwon was EMP. He was the he was the very first Southerner to be EMP. A lot of people don't even know that first person from the Atlantic South Division to get invited to a Super Battle Opera for Guilty Gear. First black person too, probably the only um, for SBO and whatnot. And but it got to a point where he couldn't travel as much anymore and. I mean, you can label EMP, I guess, uh, sponsorship, you know what I'm saying? But we weren't doing anything too heavy in the community for him to get up there like that on a regular. So in regards to your point in the traveling, I think it had a whole lot to do with the fact that we just weren't dominating enough in regards to top eights until the later years for people to be like, oh, okay, them niggas is real. Especially like when Vegeta X... uh, when you had Rotron coming around more often, uh, uh, Alex, uh, I don't know if you remember Alex, but me and Alex ran the same Iceman team, but his was called Chili Effect. He ran Iceman, Doom, Sentinel. And I ran Iceman, Cable, Sentinel. And we used to go to Texas Showdown and go back and forth, but I was doing that by myself. If I promise you, if I had Joe and Max with me, because they were going to do better, because they ran Combo Fiend, they ran Magneto, Iron Man, Sentinel at the time. I swear to you, if they did like way better than me or whatever, then it would have helped us get our name out there a bit more and stuff like that. But I mean, we're out there now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we got footage of J J360 versus uh, 50 more cents, and that was awesome. We Lil Wolverine, his best friend. You know what I'm saying? Against Joe and Max uh, at the last Marvel 2 tournament at Final Round. I had to school Dylan earlier uh, in regards to my rivalry with uh, Dark Prince, a.k.a. Duck Jr. And oh, so my I God. Had- that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and him coming here or whatever. So, yeah, you know, it's all good. What is your favorite game to play right now? What are your current games of choice right now? Doesn't doesn't matter if it's fighting game or not. Um... Brawlhalla, Destiny 2. Um, and Destiny 2 is mostly because of community, because of my community, uh, War 6 or whatever. Not really so much the game. Um, it's kind of kind of a disappointment. You know what I mean? Like I feel like where D1 ended is where D2 should have picked off, and that's not the case, mm-hmm. like at all. Um, I used to fuck with Paladins, but they changed rank so much, I uh, throw up. Throw up season. I can't stand it. I hate rank now. That used to be my favorite thing to do, but I can't stand it. So that just ruined the game for me. Um, I play a little Fortnite um, because that's the only option. Honestly, uh, if I had a computer that could run it, I'd play PUBG instead. Because you know, I'd rather I'd rather the the military ish kind of thing. And I like the vehicles in it. You know, I like it having vehicles. But PUBG is really a special thing because it's the only really the only game 
well, that PUBG and, you know, and the things that are copying it now, like Fortnite or whatever, but PUBG is, uh, there's even one for mobile now, but PUBG is the only way you can get that kind of experience, that, uh, that last man standing experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where you can kind of get that, that adrenaline rush because, like, there's only five people left and, you know, you or six people left or whatever the case may be. And it's just you and that person there. And you can't really go anywhere. And you got to kind of figure figure something out. You know what I mean? And you just kind of string something together. Those are real fun. They're really good stream games, too, I feel like. Um, and I like Tekken 7 a lot. Um, much more than I did 6. Um, not as much as Tag, but much more than 6. But probably, I think that's largely because, you know, I don't have Anna. And I think DR is when I kind of fell in love with Anna. You know what I mean? Um because to me, she felt like a mix between Nina and Paul. You know what I mean? She's, she was like a striker like Paul, but she had a little bit of that, that stringiness like Nina. Just string some little bullshit together and try to mix a double punch throw in there or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, just try to be cheap and corny. Whatever. But, you know, like, I like I Anna a lot. And I just kind of played Jack because I've been playing him because of Tekken 5 because I was sick of Law and Julia just mashing on one all day and down forward, one, two, one, two, you know, high crushed it and gave me a counter hit and a free combo if I ever caught it. That's literally the only reason I played Jack. The only reason. And I just kept playing, like, now I just playing this out of familiarity. Truth be told, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> I really know. He's the same damn thing. Yeah. It's almost like, like, you have to love him, I feel like, or, like, be a fundamentalist, like, a Guile player. You know what I mean? Like, his Guile hasn't changed at all, no matter the game. You still kind of play in the same way. The only difference, really, is if his flash kick actually works. Or if his zoning is weak or not. Other than that, he's still kind of playing like relatively the same. You know what I mean? Um, so I kind of feel that way about Jack. Like he's he's fucking boring. He's fucking boring. And I just play him because I'm familiar with him, and I don't play the game enough. You know, because like like I played that tipped off. Uh, what was that like two or three months ago? Mm-hmm. Um, Geo fucking entered me into the king of the hell shit. No one I haven't played second in like two three months. No, I'm not that good in the first place. But I will say this. I had a whole lot of fun in the one match I did play. Um, so it made me want to play again. But like a retard, I left my Tekken in storage after a TFC. And I just came from Larry's house and totally forgot to get it back. Fail. <laughs> Fail. But uh, yeah, no, that's about it. Um, Tekken, Brawlhalla, Destiny, and Fortnite. And it's my jams right now. All right. Um, and when that comes out, I'm definitely playing that. Hmm. When active, whether being in tournament or just in the scene in general, two part question. Closest rival, most hated competitor. You were both. <laughs> you were both. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because like, I right, at first it was like, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, it was just like whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get him because he was talking so much, right? But then like at Dorian's house, that's when like I kind of realized I like and hate playing you. I like playing you because you learn fast. You know what I mean? So like, like by the end of that day. You were playing differently than you were at the start of it. You know what I mean? And hell, I didn't really even learn that until I started going to the dojo and playing with Ant and Larry and all them. 
You know what I mean? Because for me, at first, I was very robotic with it. I would have, like, loops, pretty much. And, like, I would just do the same shit over and over again. You know what I mean? I didn't start switching up until I started playing with them. Because they would kill me so hard for doing it. Like, relentlessly kill me. Like, playing with y'all and having weak low defense. You're going to low them all day until they learn to start blocking low. Or if they can't break those, you're going to throw them all day until they start breaking throw. Right? Um, you were both, for the second reason, because I knew if I lost, I was never going to hear the end of it. No. I knew it was going to be on SRK. <laughs> I think it's going to be laughing. I knew when I went to the arcade, mother was like, dog, what happened with Iceman, dog? How he fucking bothered you, dog? You know what I mean? I knew I was going to hear from Joe. Either I was going to see him or he was going to call me and ask me what the hell happened. <laughs> I knew there was no escaping it. <laughs> so I love playing you. But I hated losing to you because I knew that it was going to be like a public thing. <laughs> That's why. So you were both. You were for sure both. Duh. I tried. I tried. I was trying to get in so well in the community. I had fucking when I started beating people at tournaments was when, and I started to understand how better people actually were. Um, I had that newfound respect when people when I started noticing that people had their little crews. And stuff like that. And I, I had never heard of EMS until I went to North DeKalb. And I saw this man up here with this 57-game win streak with the biggest character in the game. And I was like, can't nobody beat this nigga? Like, nah, man, nigga real. Now, we playing Tekken in the front. I was like, man, somebody got to go over here and beat this nigga. So I put my coins in. I looked at him, sit, size him up. He got his shades on. He looked down at me. Oh, Larry. The match is over by the time I put the buddy in. And before I come, before I, like, think about coming back, I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> that was my first time facing the Zangief, too. I think the first time I actually legit tried to play Larry was EX. That was a horrible decision because he was so good at that shit. Um, and I haven't played against, I didn't have no Zangief experience, but I thought the same thing. This big, slow, clunky character, I'm about to fucking got thrown all over the place, all over the place. I'm like, this motherfucker is real. <laughs> this dude is real. And then I met Kamal and like, I'll never forget him. Cause he like, he had like the, the, you know, the kind of the scene glasses that went dark, you know what I mean? And um, that's why I always remembered him. And he played like he played a very aggressive Charlie. Like I never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't fuck with him like at all, at all. I wasn't that good in opportunity during his, his actual life. I'll admit, but I never felt helpless before until I played them. <laughs> until I played them. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get into that. It was just something about the game I couldn't get into. But I, I did watch. I did enjoy watching Larry play it. I did enjoy watching Larry play CBS because of you know his, the way he played Bison, paintbrush style and everything like that. That was pretty pretty awesome. Um, but uh, oh, so I got that. I got that out of the way. And um, there's no use of me asking you, but are you active in the tournament circuit now? And if not, why so? As a player, no. Um, and honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, maybe I don't want to put 
the amount of practice into it that I know I, I need to. Uh, maybe I'm just lazy. Uh, maybe because I don't have, like beforehand, I had people pushing me to do it, and I don't have that anymore. Maybe it's that. Um, and also, largely because, you know, I mean, as you know, like, we're on the backside of it now. You know, the actual organizational side of it. And honestly, I like that side so much more. Um, because, like, I like hearing people talk about our events and, you know what I mean, and shit like that. And especially when you have stories of, like, how the community, like, affected somebody's life for the positive, you know? Um, I'll tell you a story. One day when I was working um, right on the, the Peachtree Center station, um, I worked at a place called IntelliTeach in the Harris Tower. Um, I was still smoking cigarettes back then, and I would smoke, you know, come outside to smoke or whatever, and I would almost always have on final round something, like a hoodie, a shirt, something. I always have a final round something on, wristband something. On this particular day, I had the hoodie on. Some guy walks up behind me, you know, jerks my shoulder a little bit. It's like, hey, man, you, uh, you work there, don't you? And I was like, yeah, man. It's like, hey, Mass One, thank you. Shook my hand and everything. And, and like, just thank me for the job that we do. You know what I'm saying? And, like, shit like that just makes it infinitely more worth it than winning any tournament for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you consider, like, like some of these dudes, especially, like, especially in our scene, like, people don't really understand. Like, our scene is very different than, like, New York scene and Cali scene where, especially Cali scene where it's like largely is and kind of and still is is and was, you know, like like kind of a hipster thing. You know what I mean? Our scene, we had thugs. Listen to me. We had and have thugs. You know what I mean? Like, come on some real disrespectful shit for real. If you want to, you're liable to get shot. <laughs> and there are plenty of stories like that where the only reason it didn't end up with somebody catching a hot one is because somebody intervened. Right. Because that person was on the way to the trunk. And right. you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I got so, a trunk story. I know. I, I, we all do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, like, we have thugs. Like, straight up, straight up, we got thugs. You know what I mean? So, the scene, like, for them, kind of, is there is there the reason why they're not doing what they're doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or what they could be doing. And, I mean, some of them even came out and said that shit. I mean, if I wasn't doing this, then I'd definitely be doing that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I seen, like, the southern scene was, was very different than in that regards, like, it's very different than a lot of other scenes, because, like, you know what I mean, like, a large portion of it, I mean, you, you see him now, you probably wouldn't think that, but, you know what I mean, like, Trey knows better than I do, you know what I mean, like, you see him now, you wouldn't think that, but, I mean, there was a point in time where some of them would definitely go there with you, and some of them still will, yeah. you know what I'm saying, so, and, and if it wasn't for them having a hobby to take, that takes up so much of their time, you know, uh, those idols' hands would definitely turn into the devil's playground, and somebody would die on one of them rides. And that's no lie. So, you know, especially in that regards, it's almost like, you know, like a boys and girls club or YMCA, like, you're doing what you do, 
definitely positively impacted someone else's life. And now that person's going to do something different instead of what he thought he was going to be doing prior to entering the scene. So, um, you know, like Larry tells me stories like, you know, people come up telling him they're kind of shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? And and you've seen it firsthand. You know what I mean? So, and I've seen it a few times firsthand, but not that much. You've seen it firsthand. Like, you know, we've all talked. And like, <laughs> yeah, I remember Clint telling me a, a couple of stories involving him. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, like, our scene was very different. And because of that, like, you know, it, I feel like it's more rewarding because, like, it, it, it has more of a, you know, it, it just has... It has more more tangible results, not just this guy won and wants some money, you know, want a little bit of a, a accolade or whatever. Like, like he actually met some people that that might have changed his outlook on his own morality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And had that not happened, who knows what would. Happen. I'm not saying like it's definitely because of the scene that you know he didn't go from thug or they didn't go from thug to super thug, but I ain't saying it ain't either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I love our scene because of that. How long have you been attending and working with Final Round? I've been attending since I think I started coming like three or four. And then I skipped a few years and then I came seven. And then I skipped a few years and went to now I went to the Navy. Actually, I didn't skip a few years. I went to the Navy. But what I would do is I wouldn't take a vacation at all. Like not Christmas, not Thanksgiving, not New Year's. I wouldn't take it at all. And I wait until March and I would take the whole month off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would come back to the States for the whole month and I would make sure I was in Georgia during final round. But you know, later when we doing nothing because like technically I'm on vacation and all that. But I mean, I wasn't really playing. I mean, I was playing, but you know, I never entered or anything. Yeah, I probably should have entered CBS. I was pretty like ridiculous at that point. Cause I came back from Japan from CBS two and like I raped Georgia by myself. Like all up and down. All up and down. All of EMS got bodied. All of goddamn anybody who touched the game got bodied. Matt got bodied. Michael Mixup got bodied. Everybody got bodied. <laughs> um then I tried to play tech and now, now I remember like where I was. <laughs> you can go to Japan all day, but don't think you're gonna come back to Georgia and just roll over people in Tekken, because that shit is sure not going to happen, because those guys can go out to Japan and be just fucking fine. Yeah. That, I can I can tell you. From being in both and, like, playing pretty hardcore in both, I can tell you, like, everybody who's good here now can go there and they'll still be just as good as they are now. They'll come back better, though, because there's just that much more competition and this is in more places, you know? Yeah. Now, uh, who helped with your competitive growth in regards to getting you coming up. Uh, even though you kind of elaborated on that earlier, I just wanted you to go a little bit more in depth if you could. Um, training partners, things of that nature. In the States, yeah, uh, like having rivalries like you, um, I had, a, I had like, a, like a friendly rivalry with Ant. I would play him like an, a, an awful lot. Earwig too. Um, Larry too. Because I hated how Larry would get inside my head. Um, and Charles. But the rest of BMS, no, I didn't really consider them equals, to be honest with you. Like, um, Except for Kamal. Whenever Kamal wanted to play something, like he'd be good at it. But he didn't really... After Alpha 2, um, he kind of didn't care as much. 
But um, you know, like the rest of them, like Scott and them, I, Scott was practice. Um, I love you, Scott, but he was free. <laughs> Except for like maybe like it was a few games that he wasn't so free in, but like Marvel, he was free. I would free him up. CBS, I'd free him up. Uh, Third Strike, he wasn't free, but CBS, I would free him up. Smash, he was definitely not free. Um, he was he was definitely my rival in Smash sixty four because uh, the one time like he used to always had me like I, I played Kirby, he played Donkey Kong, right? He would always goat me, and like, I was younger than all these guys, so he'd always goat me into come taking his power. You know what I mean? And, you know, getting a donkey punch. One day, he tells me to come over there. Come get your skin, boys. What he would say. Come get your skin, boy. And he had his donkey punch charged up, right? Now, I had no reason to think he would betray me. Because he never did, right? I go over there. Do, 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 do. I'm going to get my little donkey punch, my little Kirby punch. This motherfucking donkey punched me and killed me and knocked me out. I was so mad. <laughs> Everybody was laughing at me. Aunt was laughing. Goddamn. Charles was laughing. The whole room was laughing. I was salty as fuck. I didn't play for like an hour. So I, I need to let this shit ferment for a second. But, you know, yeah, so I digress. Um, Brandon Simmons, he played a large role because um, he was a, a training partner, actually. We played together a lot in Joe. So I want to say Marvel was for sure you, Joe, Clint, and Brandon Simmons. Like, those four were, were the biggest... The biggest. And that was a game I actually competed in. Like, I would actually go to places to go try to, you know, play in. Because I remember when we went down to, you know, Bam and played uh, Ray Kwan. Mm -hmm. and I finally got to meet him and all that. And that was the game that I was, that was most comfortable in playing, even though I was probably better at third strike. I think I just enjoyed that game that much more because comic book characters. Whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So, in that regard, for sure, you four were, for sure, the largest the largest, uh, you know, like like push in that in that area, and like for like normal Street Fighter, it was EMS all day, and and then when I went to Japan, um, when I got stationed on the Kitty Hawk, I want to say from 2003 all the way to 2008 was my boy Spam and Eggs, Brian Farron. Um, Damn me and him, <laughs> spam and eggs. Spam and eggs. So he was Kazuya player when Kazuya was trash. He just wouldn't give him up, right? One of those kind of guys. Um, and he was really good at it. I mean, like he stuck with it, and like he got he got really good at it. And I remember my first time meeting him. Like I beat the dog shit out of him. Like we had like a little impromptu tournament on base. And I just fucked him up. He was like the base champion. Everybody knew who he was. Like, he's so good. He's so good. And I came out and just fucking wiped the floor with him. And, like, everybody was looking at me like I was an alien or whatever. And I was like, man, we need to go out here and play in these arcades because we're in Japan. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is my first time here. Your first time here? He's like, yeah. So let's not waste that opportunity. We're gamers. God damn. It's our mecca. Let's, let's go out here. Yeah. So we came up with what was called journey season. We would pretty much go to the train station. And, like, pretty much close our eyes and just, let's go here. You know what I mean? And then we would just go there and find the arcade and just play. That's you know what I mean? Lose a draw, just play. We stayed, to spend the day there. You know what I mean? Because like it's really easy to find places to eat. Really, If you need it, really easy to find a place to sleep. You know what I mean? So, like, we would just stay out there all fucking weekend. Just do that shit. Um, we were, like, like on some Ryu and Ken shit. Like, for real. 
We, we went to More Family Amusement a lot. We went to Club Sega down in Shinjuku a lot. We went to Alpha Station a lot. Um, and that's when I was like pretty solid in CBS too. Alpha Station was really an eye-opening experience. Do you remember Liquid Metal? Yes. He is a bitch. I'm a grown record. He is a fucking bitch. I don't give a fuck if he's OG or not. He's not that OG. I played the nigga plenty of times. And I can't help but I remember like thinking to myself, you know, I really wish Georgia was here right now. Because we'd be fucking this nigga up right now. That'd be a confidence booster right now. This nigga is not that good. Now, his brother, who none of y'all knew about, most people didn't even know he had a brother because he wanted to tell nobody he had a brother because his brother was that much better than him. His brother was gross. Like, throw up gross. Like, why is this nigga not travel? He needed to travel. He was gross. Like, he was really fucking gross. Look at Metal wasn't shit. And then I played him in fucking CBS 2, right? At a, um, we went to Club Sega. It was a Alpha 3 in NBC 2 tournament. Bass was there. Uh, like, all the motherfuckers. It was a two, 2v2 CBS 2 tournament. That was my first time ever seeing VSM Dawson. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, VSM Dawson, the nigga playing um, um, the green one for Gen, uh, Zism, the, the level 3 one. The, the the normal the normal super meter bar oh and I, yeah aism that one he's playing A-ism again I, ne- I, thought, I thought it was all about you know vism i never seen nobody in tournament play aism and he him and bass won the shit so and bass lost and he had to clean up both them niggas and he did so you know what i mean that's the first time seeing that right and like so we were all there because i met him all at alpha station and that was cool and i guess it is you know thought it was cool because i was american or whatever so he let me go out with him. Or like you know, they they told me about. It. I didn't even know the tournament was happening. So there was a CBS two machine there. I was like, well, let me just try my little shit, you know, because um at that time I had been going to more family amusement a lot to play CBS two, mm-hmm. and um uh, Liquid Metal played me. I damn that OCB this nigga every time he played, every time he played. Now, he couldn't play shit but Marvel, and I don't think he was that good in that. I thought I think. It was like just the wrong factor when niggas would psych themselves out because they saw him online when that wasn't really a thing at that time. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was about to say. Like, Liquid Metal was known, but it wasn't like you could really dip into finding like him out there a lot. And, but when you did, you know, it was like, oh shit, that nigga's real. You know what I'm saying? So that's why when that name comes up, you know, especially like CF, CBS2 era, Alpha era, and everything like that, that's a name that you saw, you know, pre- pretty frequently back then. Definitely pretty frequently back then. Yep. And he was a cocky little dick, man. He thought he was just like better than every fucking body. And then here's his brother right behind him, just spanking him around, smacking him around the arcade like like he was the younger one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was the older one. He's acting like this nigga don't exist when he get online. You know what I'm saying? Because he don't want nobody to know that's going to discredit from him. You know what I mean? So, boo. I didn't like that nigga at all, I really didn't. <laughs> like, and I made sure he knew that, too. Because we got down on CBS, too. It's like, like, I came at you like that because I don't fucking like you, dog. Like, I really don't like you. You're a cocky, arrogant son of a bitch, man. I just don't like you, dog. This <laughs> is what it is. That is just what it is. Everybody else I got along with, great. Like, uh, I spent New Year's with Bass and shit. And that little motherfucker is a little alcoholic, man. Or at least he was, man. That was, that was, that's my nigga, man. <laughs> he would have fit right in, dog. I always wanted to ask you, and I never got a chance to ask you back then. Now, I'm going to ask you this, and then I'm going to say this ahead of time. 
I felt that it suited you in regards to doing it because of how you were in terms of like living and, and how you talk to people and stuff like that. But I always wanted to ask you what made you join the military, especially the Navy. Now, for me, you cursed like a sailor back then anyway. So I was like, oh, well, it fits him. You know what I'm saying? And and I could see him, you know what I'm saying, having some drinks and, and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you weren't like smoking back then or anything like that. But I was like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That, not that I saw anyway. Uh, but no, I didn't. But I was like, yeah, I was like, maybe that's pretty, pretty consistently. <laughs> I always wanted to know why. what made you join uh, the U.S. military. Honestly, I didn't really give a fuck about it until after 9-11, and that was after I saw my mom's, like, a look at... Mom uh, burst in my room and had, like, this insane look of fear on her face, and that played a large role into it. And then when I found out how easy it would be for me to land myself in Japan, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And then Scott was already over there, so I was like, cool, I already know somebody there. Let me get my ass on over here. And so, you know... And plus, like, I wasn't doing shit you know what I mean? I really wasn't doing shit, to be honest. Like, I was just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't working. I was just dicking around, playing some fucking video games, not going anywhere, not doing shit. I wasn't in school, had no job. I'm like, fuck it. What I got to lose? You know what I mean? I got nothing to lose with time, and I'm young, so I have hella time. So, fuck it. Let me just go. And um, I think because, like, I'm a very community-driven person. You know what I mean? If I don't have a community, I'll make one. Like, out of, out of nothing. Fuck, I'm just going to make one. So I'm a very community-driven person, so I felt like, you know, the military in itself was a good fit for me. And, like, for me, like, hearing, like, how much they travel and all that, after researching it and seeing how, you know, how sea rotation is and how much they travel and all that, and I'm already going to be in the Asia AOR, I was like, shit, that means I get to play at all these places. And, believe it or not, the biggest game in Asia at the time was Tekken. In all of Asia, all of it, Tekken 5, that was the biggest game. Bigger than Street Fighter 3, bigger than fucking KOF. It was everywhere. And it was awesome because, like, you know, we were pulling somewhere like like Hong Kong, right? While we were there, Singapore's, like, number one Halong, who was, like, their number five player, happened to be there. You know what I mean? So, like, shit like that would happen. Like, you go somewhere and then, like, I don't know if they were having an event or a tournament or something or whatever, but like somebody, somebody trill from some other country would be there. So, you know, like I would, of course I would play here. I have to try, you know what I mean? And, you know, win, lose, or draw, like at least I get to experience it and see it, you know what I mean? And that, that's why I kind of feel like I was more solid in second 5DR than I was in any other Tekken because I played it that much. I didn't have that. Uh, the issue I have now with as much character unfamiliarity as I have now, you know what I mean? Like you can just like you pick Katarina or some bullshit, and I'm just like, oh well, fuck. I hope I perfect you. That's probably the only way I'm going to beat you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I just don't let you do anything, and I just keep sticking shit over top of you, and just, you know what I mean, just doing some dumb shit and hope it hits you. But you pretty much I did that tipped off, and it almost worked. <laughs> but now, did, you, did you enjoy your time outside of gaming aspect? Did you did you enjoy your time? Uh, in the military? I did because I'm a different kind of person. I don't, when I say that, a lot of people are like, oh, well, uh, we're all different kind of people. Nah, nah, bitch. I'm a different kind of person. Like, when I got to Japan, I was like, you know what? I don't want to stop smoking weed. So let me think about this for a second. Hmm. 
who is the one person who will probably be doing drugs in the Navy or in the military period? Answer is the person giving the drug test. That's the person who's doing drugs because he can take his name off the list. And of course I was right. Of course. So I went out of my way to meet this guy. You know what I mean? And I didn't even really have to because it kind of fell into my lap because like I met him through a mutual friend of ours. You know what I mean? And he just took my fucking name off the list. Now I was like, whoa, this is great. So my experience was different than everybody else's because I got to go to every country like a fucking civilian. You know what I mean? Unless I told him I was in the Navy, they all thought I rapped or played basketball or something. You know what I mean? Because I'm out there just smoking like a civilian and shit. Like I'm in the hood. I'm in their hoods and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like chilling with chilling with niggas and shit. You know what I mean? Like seeing where the real clubs are, seeing where the real spots are. I was never in the tourist trap. So everybody always wanted to be my liberty buddy. Because like they would see that, like, you know, like they'd be like catching cabs and shit. And I'm riding in convoys and shit with the locals and shit, especially in Hawaii. Hawaii don't fuck with uh mainlanders at all, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I had no problem. I had no problem. And I'm sure it was because of that. I am sure it was because of that. You know what I mean? Like this one nigga, this one Samoan dude, kind of big dude, you know what I mean? Like he was he was stranded at the club and shit. And um, you know, I had a rental, so I gave him a ride or whatever, you know what I mean? And he just fucking rolled up and we just started like I was rapping at the time, so we started like rapping and you know what I mean, joking and laughing and smoking. It was fucking cool as fuck. You know what I mean? Them, them niggas took care of me the whole goddamn time. You know what I'm saying? All because of that. The fucking, the joy of weed, dog. Marijuana is a beautiful thing. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Oh, man. Well, I, I'm shit. I stopped. I had to. <laughs> I stopped. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I, was, I got this shit. I got this shit. Oh man! It took me right off the list. I was like, "What? You can do that?" I mean, <laughs> we've had so many people now leave to go across seas, man. From Chris Creasy to to Zero, he went. Now, uh, Eric didn't go in terms of the military. He did go in regards to uh, his wife and everything like that because she didn't really have like a good amount of friends here and whatnot. So. You know, he yeah. did, he made the bold move of doing what he needed to do for his family and whatnot. So no way though. I mean, he was so into that shit. I mean, Eric was fluent in Japanese before he even left. Right, right. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Like he was so into that that it was just it was the writing on the wall. We all knew he would leave. Yeah. Sooner or later. And then when he met a Japanese woman, it was like, oh yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't gonna be long before you go. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I'm trying to remember who else left. To go like military wise, whatever. I know Aaron left, he went. Deeming he went. Deeming he went to the uh, military, to the Navy. That's right. That's right. Uh, Mick, that's Mick how Mark. I met him. That's yeah. how I met him. This shit pulled into Yokosuka, right? And it was this little shitty ass arcade, one of the only arcades that had um that had fucking um um MVC two one. You know Japan didn't really play that shit like that outside right. of Alpha Station. Right. So it was always in like the decrepit arcades, right? So I would go in there to play every now and then, you know, just try to, you know, try to not be as rusty. And there's this dude, this black dude playing it, right? Like there's this American playing it. And I don't know him, and he's doing infinites. You <laughs> know what I mean? So that was like, what? And on top of that, like, I was like, whoa shit. Like, I really think I'm gonna get killed if I play this guy. So 
fuck it. Let me just do it because I don't think I'll ever get this opportunity again. So then, you know, I, I, I play him. And um, there was a 7-Eleven right down the street. So I went and got a, a little six-pack of tall boys. And we just sat in that motherfucker and just drank that shit and just, and just played. And he just beat the dog shit out of me over and over and over again. And, <laughs> and we just ended up becoming friends, man. And, um, you know, he told me it was game attack. But I was like, you're fucking Demi Hill? He's like, yeah, I'm Demi Hill, man. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It's a small-ass <laughs> world, bro. <laughs> small world. Oh, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was one of my best moments. Yeah, we got the chance to play Chris Creasy before he left. And he came, I think he got family here or something like that. And he came for a brief period of time. And we got to play him then, too. That was fun. That let me know that I actually needed to learn uh, Fagnito. Because um, I just didn't respect that character or whatever. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Joe and Max like were pushing my shit in with the character as well. But like, it wasn't. I mean, but honestly, he was easier to use than most characters. As long as you could do your rhyme and, you know what I mean, can kind of sneak in a reset. Yeah. Then you were fucking good to go. That's really all you needed to learn, like, starting off wise. And you would be better off than somebody who's not doing it. Right. You know what I mean? And he's one of the few characters that made sitting on shit his pants. You know what I mean? It's like, shit, he hit me standing. I might be dead now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I, I just did it because it looked cool, but I did realize that, you know, that, that character was really not that hard to play with. Everybody's acting like, you know, like, it was this super groundbreaking thing, like, playing with, like, making it into a top eight with 12 and third strike or something. I'm like, bro, that's not what this is at all. Like, that's why there's so fucking many. It's not that difficult. I feel like, I felt like Storm was harder to use because, like, you know, she couldn't just, she couldn't just butt fuck you standing like that. Right. Except for Sigma, but everybody could do that. But, like, you know, like, she didn't have the option that all I gotta do is learn how to typewriter this combo and then do some shit. You know what I mean? Like, she had that, but it was way harder to do. Yeah, well, like, like her mom like, was way harder to do. Like Clint was saying, I remember when Clint, I asked Clint because Clint wasn't really entering tournaments heavy, and I remember asking Clint, I was like, "Hey, Clint," I was like, "How did you really learn Magneto?" He was like, "Man, I, I would actually watch and see his normals, and I knew how to activate, you know, what I'm saying a move from there because you knew they took away the mid." the medium attack and you had to do forward in order to do a medium attack or whatever. He was like, well, I remember what, what the move looked like, you know what I'm saying? And I knew the button format or whatever. And he was like, I would originally just steal people combo. And due to Magneto's speed and try jumping ability, a lot of times when he dropped combos, you got something that like prime, prime example, the standing roundhouse or the floating roundhouse. Cause you know, he don't really stand on the ground. But like when mm. you would get the standing fierce uh, combos and shit like that into hypergraph, you know what I'm saying, in special DAC or whatever was awful fuck ups. Like a lot of people, they just tried to ask wrong, you know what I'm saying, and they landed, hit the roundhouse, it popped them up. They did hypergraph and was like, wait a minute, let me bring them back to me. <laughs> did the special and was like, hold up, I can start doing combos with this, you know. So for and a lot of people couldn't mash fast enough to get out of it either. To get out of yeah, yeah. It took a while for people to realize that you could mash hypergraph, and it took. It took when people got tired of getting Magic Series, you know what I'm saying, up, you know, damn near that third level, you know what I'm saying? And people were like, man, I'm getting tired of that shit. And people just started mashing until they realized, oh, shit. And they once they saw a Sentinel get out, they was like, oh, really? And it was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that shit. And there you go. One, two, three. Mm -hmm. 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, I'm counting. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm counting. Trying to finish this up while I'm while I'm doing that as well. All right. So we got that. We got that. Now you're on final round staff. Tell the people what exactly it is that you do in regards to final round. I am the floor manager for Final Round LLC, so that means I uh, I handle all of Larry's equipment, uh, at least system-wise, uh, I handle the updates, um, me, Larry, and Sean to do the floor plans, um, um, I handle setup, breakdown, or oversee it more, more likely, and during um, actual the actual event, I run the floor so Larry can do his thing with sponsors in the community because that's really what he loves to do. So we try, our goal is to make it so that people aren't looking for him and you guys as much as we possibly can outside of somebody having a bracketing question who's in your tournament. But other than that, like, you know, all this random shit like this just happened or that just happened, like, you know, we're trying to jump on that as soon as humanly possible. And I feel like, like last year, I feel like we killed it in that regard. Um, the very second a problem came up, me, Scoob, and Ant were like, we were on a, in our walkie-talkies on each other. Like, we had the problem uh, being worked within minutes. You know what I mean? And it normally would, get, would be finished or solved before anybody even found out there was an issue to begin with. And we're hoping for the same thing this year. So... Um, I'm kind of like, kind of like his right hand man, more or less. Like, you know, he calls me, tells me he needs something done and we do it. <laughs> we try to figure out the best way to get that done. And, um, and we do it, you know, as long as, you know, within our realm of capabilities, you know, like obviously he's not going to call me for, you know, uh, making up some website shit. He's going to, you know, call Scholar, call you, you know what I mean? But. You know, as long as within my realm of capabilities. He has before, like that original uh, final round logo that they were using for the past eight years before they upgraded to this one. I did that. Because mm -hmm. um, I had to update it from the one that Scott did. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that until I had to do it. <laughs> I had never used Photoshop before. So I sat there in my room just like fumbling around with this thing and fumbling on YouTube trying to figure out how the fuck to use it. And, you know, try to get something back to him that doesn't look stupid in a week. You know what I'm saying? So that was a uh, that was interesting, but it was cool because it, like I know how to do it now. You know what I mean? I know how to do things now because of that because I was put in a position where I had to learn how to do it, um, and that's why I kind of think that I got put in that position. Well, really, the, I got put in the position I'm in now because of final round 19, the dreaded year. That's why. Um, Darren, I love you, but I'm going to have to put you on blast <laughs> a little bit. Darren was, Darren would get distracted very easily. And that was not the year to be getting distracted very easily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you remember, we had entirely way too many people for Street Fighter Five. We were the first major for Street Fighter Five. It had just came out. That was bad. We were not ready for that staff-wise. We had so many people with Street Fighter Five. we had to turn them away. We've never had to turn anyone away ever before. Mm -hmm. We had to turn people away. You remember how crazy that shit was. And then the whole Jabali thing happened. It was like the walls were burning. You know what I mean? But we were still, you know, we were still 
getting it done. And pretty much I was doing the job that Darren was supposed to be doing. That wasn't why I was there. You know what I mean? It's just what I ended up doing because it's what needed to be done. And nobody had to ask me to do it. You know what I'm saying? I just did it because it needed to be done. And because of that, Larry ended me ended up putting me in the position I'm in now. You know what I mean? And you know, I, I you know implemented systems and things like that. You know, like definitely um, not having a, a, a you know an inventory list of what we have. You know, was definitely like something detrimental because you know, how, how the fuck do you know what you have? Right. You know, so like getting our inventory in order was like my easily my first task. That was my first task. So I spent a lot of time in storage, that how to add storage box, you know, just doing shit like that. And, you know, also knowing Larry for as long as I've known him. I met Larry when I, I think when I was eight. This is when I met Larry. I was fucking eight years old. <laughs> I was eight or nine, one of the two. Um, I was at, no, no, no. I was 10. I'm lying. I was in fourth grade when I moved down here. And that's when I started going to Green's Corner because I was closer to me at the time. I hadn't moved over to Stone Mountain yet. I'm still in Norcross. And start going to Green's Corner, and that's why that's when I, I, you know, I really met everybody without even knowing I met them. I met Larry and Matt and Ant first, and we all didn't know it though, because you know we didn't know it until we met each other again at Game Warp after I moved to um, Stone Mountain the following year. Mm-hmm. So you know, I've known Larry for a very long time, and we've always been close. Me, him, and his wife, we've always been like you know, very close, and. You know, he was a he was kind of a, a father figure to me because I didn't have mine, you know. And um my mom was bipolar at the time. Since we're getting real, it's gonna this is be real. My mother was bipolar and you know, medication wasn't the best in the nineties, right? So like like you know, uh like medication that affected your head, like largely turned people into zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, so my mom was asleep like literally all the time. And so pretty much like I I was in a dark house, you know what I mean? Like, literally, like, the lights are always off. It was gloomy as fuck, blah, 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 blah. Then I meet Larry, and then after Larry meets Shonda, a few years later, I meet Shonda, and um, I don't know, I, either she took a liking to me or he explained to her our dynamic, and she took a liking to me. Like, kind of, like, kind of took me in while my mom was getting it together, you know what I'm saying? And my mom, like, adores them for that. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like probably my only friends. It, like Larry, Shonda, Ant, and Scott are like the only friends that she never like gave me the third degree about. Like, who are they? What are they? Uh, you know, the million and one questions and all that shit. Mm-hmm. She just accepted it and was actually thankful that it was a thing. Um, so like I know Larry pretty well, and I'm able to get in. You no, know, I'm able to be in his head. So like when he's on his way to try to get something a problem especially during this year and i think this is what really solidified that i need to be where i'm currently at i was already on my way back with the solution to the problem that he was going to go fix i was already on my way back with the solution in my hand because i knew that's what he needed to have done you know what i mean and so now i'm just trying to be like that for everybody on the floor so that they don't have to worry about anything other than what they have going on. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like, I run my Florida team the way I do. Like, for example, you're not allowed to drink on my team during the event. You are not allowed to drink. If you do, I fire you on the spot and you will not get paid. 
point blank period. So if you're going to be on my team, you you have to accept those agreements. You know what I mean? Um, and that's flat out because I can't have you incoherent when like also like loss prevention is also one of them uh, my many responsibilities. So you cannot be drunk, and you shouldn't be anyway or hungover, and you shouldn't be anyway. Do you remember? Um, Last year, was it Tekken that fell behind? Because the one dude, he never had a staff yeah. meeting. Yeah. Tekken, yeah. right? Like, he never had a staff meeting, so his staff didn't even fucking show up. He was hung over the whole fucking time. Like, he walked up to Josh McHorder talking about some, oh, man, I'm so hung over. You know what I mean? And Josh is like, really? Are you telling me this? You're no, telling me this. It was, it, was a DO, it was DOA, actually. It was DOA. Okay. What it was. It was, DOA, it was DOA, actually. It wasn't because... Josh and, and John. It was that section, though. They were in the same section. Yeah, I I moved over from Tekken to Injustice, and KP uh, extended help with, with Injustice because I was supposed to have Mike and a couple other people um, that were under me, you know what I'm saying, with me being a general, and Mike, I, he was so busy having fun that he didn't even help out. But, yeah, it was, D, it was DOA. The dude got so smashed and stuff like that, that he couldn't actually run the tournament. Like, he re- actively could not run the fucking tournament and shit. Yep. He was falling asleep and shit. He was going to sleep in corners and shit. It was all bad. Like, that guy will never come back ever again. No. Um, we had a lengthy talk about that. <clears throat> he would never come back. But, like, you know, shit like that. Like, you, you can't do your job like that. Because, like, really, we've all been hungover. Who wants to do any fucking thing when they're hungover except sleep? Seriously. I don't even want to fuck when I'm hungover. <laughs> Girl, you got to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> like shit, I'm thirty fucking five. Like that shit takes a lot out of me at this point. Like I can't do it anymore. And so I just fight out, stop fucking drinking because it just takes me too long to to get up and going the next day if I even do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and I know whatever I do that day is going to be shitty. I'm going to do a shitty job at it. <laughs> I accept it. So you know what I mean? So I just stop altogether. So. You know, what I mean, that's the re- that's one of the reasons. And also because, like, you know, like generals and like 14, we're going to be on our feet an awful lot. Yes, we're going to be on our feet an awful lot. If you get drunk Friday, you will be hurting Sunday. You're going to be hurting. Mm-hmm. So just don't do it to yourself. Like, if you want to smoke a blunt, go do that, because at least you ain't going to be fucking dead the next day. But. Just don't don't drink. You can't do it on my team at all. But I mean, if you're you know, and you really can't do it as a general either. Like we kind of implement that rule. You can't do that there either. You know what I mean? I feel like like volunteers can do it. You know, because I mean they have like a small obligation. They you know they do an eight hour block or two four hour blocks and you're good to go, right? So I mean you could do that fucking hungover if you want. You're not gonna be standing up all day. Stand right. up for four hours here, four hours there. You're good to go. Right. You're sitting when you're playing. And really, all the reason even being a volunteer because you you don't you don't want to pay for your entry fee, you know what I mean? You want to get your entry fee away. Cool. You know what I mean, so you can do that. You can totally do that, and that's fine. But when you have the you know the uh, a greater responsibility on your shoulder, especially if you're running like something like Street Fighter or some shit like that, or Tekken or something where like the sponsors are probably there, where you know you know they're looking on your stream, you cannot be doing that. You cannot. That cannot be a thing that happens ever. Okay. That's what messed us up in regards to DOA because DOA, well, DOA and Injustice had money involved, but they slowed down Injustice going onto the mainstream because he was behind by an hour and, and some change. And KP was kind of upset. I was like, no, we got a secondary stream, which is why 
I told Larry or suggested Larry that we do it this way. I said, we have a secondary stream. Now, it's not the fact that they're not, quote unquote, on the mainstream. We have a mainstream for it. And Combo Combat Network often streams uh, Mortal Kombat and Justice stuff anyway. So that is the hub for that particular game. So we're in a win-win situation. All we have to do is use Beefo Taki or whoever is commentating, you know what I'm saying, in regards to the mainstream to redirect everybody, you know what I'm saying, there. We do an update. But at the time, we didn't have the active website, and that's where it got kind of funky. But now we do, so it'll be easier, you know, when uh, Mr. Harvey's in inside uh, uh, the command center and everything like that, that we can update, you know, easier that way, just in case, God forbid, it happens this year or whatever, but we can't do that. But, yeah, that was that was pretty annoying, and that's one of the, the key things that I'm going to be happy to be able to avoid keeping, A, the same staff, uh, B, being able to, starting January, look through our volunteer list and stuff like that and be able to copy and paste who we're going to have and who's going to be familiar with uh, uh, the venue and so forth and so on. It's going to be a whole lot easier this year, I feel, because we are way more organized uh, than previous years. And also, I think that we have the people who care enough in the right positions. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, we've had people in the past, you know, what I'm saying which I plan to have Larry on, which he's probably not going to want to dip into too much. I hope he does, because I want people to understand the woes of being a tournament organizer, especially when you have friends involved. Um, Because since I've been I've been coming to final round since final round six. But I haven't been a staffer since until what, maybe eleven or so, something like that. That was when I started bringing everybody, and I just cared about the tournament running right because I wanted more of the people that came, you know, to have the experience that I had had from being in attendance before. Like I'm talking about even way back when we were at the rec center and stuff like that. And I don't even I think you were gone uh the last time at the rec center because the rec center joints were fun with the exception of the outside stuff that we couldn't handle, like when uh the dude was celebrating his birthday and they snitched on him when the guy got a stripper or prostitute or something like that and they snitched on him in the hotel and shit. That was way back when we used to go to the strip club, you know what I'm saying, before Front around and whatnot, like when we had the party atmosphere before, during, and after the tournament or whatever. But I mean, we've grown since then, which is an awesome thing, and I hope we continue to grow. But yeah, like I want, I want people to really, I want, I want Larry to feel comfortable with getting deeper into it, uh, which is why I really want to bring back the documentary. Um, he has chosen. It's okay. He took let look look. I'm going to do the documentary. I'm doing two different documentaries. Is that okay? Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh <laughs> I'm going to do two documentaries, like whether he likes it or not. And that's part of what these what the ATL version of the podcast are gonna start to be about. The lines of questions I'm gonna ask are gonna be these basic questions that I have for the Get It to Know You podcast, but the ATL ones are gonna be <laughs> 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 Both y'all niggas, <laughs> your your shit is medicinal. Hey, is it legal over there? Where you at, D? 
Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your shit, your shit, yeah. Hey, the moon! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Free, dog. That's... Okay. Nigga, four plants is a lot. Got that. Do they do they do they restrict you in terms of size in regards to the plant? She. I do kind of watch on the tournament walls for a sec because I mean I know I can relate. You can definitely relate. Um, the guy that tipped off, he can for sure relate. <laughs> you know, like. Big E can relate. Like, Larry and Big E are two special guys, dog. Like, the community doesn't really see this, and they think that these guys are making money hand over fist and all that shit. You guys are out of your fucking mind. You're out of your fucking mind. These guys largely take more L's than they take W's. Please believe that. But it, financially, too. Please believe that. Like, yeah, they have to try to make some kind of money because they're putting their own money up. If you're thinking that like these 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 sponsors are fucking like discovering everything, then you're smoking crack. Stop it. Like bag that shit up and sell it. It's pretty fucking good if you believe that shit. You know what I mean? Like they 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 have to take a big risk to do these every year. Tipped off, and everybody knows what happened with tipped off. Tipped off. He took a huge risk. Yeah, he shouldn't have went to Cobb Galleria after not taking after taking the year off. I do agree with that. But for the Smash community to cannibalize itself like that, and like they totally cannibalized themselves because it made no sense. Because it's not like everybody's like, oh well, fuck tipped off. I'm gonna go to this joint over here. No, top players had both. Why? Why? TFC. We have a Smash tournament, right? We don't even have fucking Smash anymore. You, and you know what? For the people who fucking watch Smash or like Smash and wonder why it's not at Final Round, I was a major part of that. Fight me, bro. I was a major part of that. I was a damn sure a person in Larry's ear pushing him to get rid of that shit. I will put that, let's put that shit right on the fucking open because he did not want to do it. But you guys kind of showed him that you don't fuck with him. You know what I mean? Like we have a damn tournament and you just spring up a tournament on the same damn day, and then actively go tell your, your community not to go to TFC and go to that. Not to go to Final Round and go to that. Why continue to hold it if that's what you're going to do? Fuck that. Like, motherfuck that. So, yeah. Like, I was in his ear. Like, please get rid of this shit. Fuck these motherfuckers. That's what I said. And I like Smash. I like watching the game. I think it's one of the most entertaining games you can see at fucking, at, uh, at a tournament. It really is. Like, it really fucking is. So, I mean, Brawl is for the same reason. The all, I feel like all those kind of games are. Um, what is it? Uh, um, Legends of Atheon or whatever the fuck it is? The, the one for PC that looks like a Mega Man game. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it's fucking awesome, I think. Yeah, I, I love watching those games. I watch those tournaments, like, in my free time. Just because. Because I just like watching them. You know what I mean? All three of those games. I like watching all them shits. So, you would have to be that grotesque for me to take something I actively like watching and try to get him to get rid of. Because if all you're going to do is complain that it's not there, complain when it is there, 
Like, just complain, complain, complain. Like, do you know how much it costs to give you a fucking stream? And then you didn't come? Like, this is convention center life. All you guys have ever done is be at a fucking hotel. That's all you've ever done. So you don't know the cost. We have to pay all the way down to the fucking power plug. We have to do our floor plans down to the power plug. The power plug. Yep. And it's marked by IP address. Yep. And if you want to know why we kicked you out at fucking 12 and didn't let you stay a second pass, because it costs $300 a minute. A minute! Not an hour, a minute. That's 12000 an hour. So unless you guys are going to throw up a fucking Patreon to finish your fucking tournament, get the fuck out. That's $12,000. Come on. Come on. Put yourself in them shoes. Put yourself in them shoes. A convention center is a big undertaking. Granted, we had to do it because we just flat out didn't have this space anymore in hotels. We can't do hotels anymore. We cannot. It's just not enough space. Too many of you come. Thank God, right? So we have to upgrade to a convention center. But you think fucking Evo doesn't pay like out the ass to put on the show that they put on? You think that's not a fucking risk? What if people don't come one year? Like that could take them because it's that big of a risk and it's in Vegas. So their risk is even greater than what everyone else is doing. So I mean, seriously, seriously, these I mean Evo is probably one of the only tournaments who is really banking like that. Everyone else is trying to get that same kind of fucking love from the you know sponsorship in the community and not community but the companies that they're getting. Everyone else is trying to catch up to that. You know what I'm saying? So everyone else is not banking like that. They're taking a, a huge risk and largely it's out of love. He does his tournaments out of love. That's largely why he's as abrasive as he is because he loves this shit. Larry loves this shit. You know what I mean? But fuck, Shonda loves this shit. Shit, she don't even play games. She loves this shit. Mel loves this shit. Like, Mel contacts me, like, emails me. Found around is three months away, five months away. She's like my fucking human countdown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Six months out, she's emailing, uh, emailing me with text messaging me every fucking month. Like, find around is three months away, find around is tomorrow. You know what I mean? She's so excited. She loves this shit. That's why they're doing it. Not because they're sitting in a fucking a mansion. I, you know what I'm saying? Out in the fucking... Come on, man. These can't live in the fuckhead. They love this shit. That's why they do it. We love this shit. You know what I'm saying? This shit is tiring. And hell, we're working on it six months out. Not fucking two weeks out. We're working on it six months out. Yeah. Hell, we're working on it when we're at other tournaments because we're practicing for it. You know what I mean? And it's just like a vicious cycle. We we just keep doing it. We keep practicing. Keep trying to get better. Keep trying new things and hoping that, you know... The community likes it, and I really think you're gonna like this year. I, if I do say so myself, because uh, I, I kind of think Larry came up with some pretty good shit. I can't really go into it. I I, I hate that I can't, because it's pretty awesome. But it's gonna be pretty awesome. So did it's I. Be Damn awesome, it. but I, you gotta understand that these guys, these tos, these Alex Valles, you know, the guys at, at Combo Breaker, you know, what I mean, and even Jabali, even with the bullshit he did, you know what I mean? Like even Jabali, they love this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, hell, Jabali might be spending his parents' money, but, you know, and he probably has to hear some of that when they see how much he spent or however the fuck he's paying for that shit. He has to pay for that shit. If you think, they, like, you think them wrestlers coming out there just... Ah, he froze out. Uh, no. He coming back. There we go. <laughs> but, yeah, like, like, even Jabali, man, all these T.O.s, they love this shit. 
That's what it is. They love this shit. That's why they do what they do. And don't ever fucking forget that. Like, for real. We all love this shit, and that's why we do it. It's not, not because we're making bank doing this shit. Motherfucker, I live in an apartment. Fuck you talking about? <laughs> we love this shit. And, like, me, I like... I really, I really like to, you know, go online and see, like, you know, the reviews, and I, I watch you guys, like, um, you know, your your videos and, you know, the, the little reviews that you make and put up on YouTube of our events, and I show Larry these shits. You know, like, we want our road trips, I show him these shits. You know what I mean? Let him hear, the, you know, the, the feedback you guys have and all that shit, so if you think, like, like he's not hearing you, like, you're crazy as fuck, like, because he has people like me and Trey, like, literally showing him. Like any avenue he might he might miss. But he's definitely in his comments and reading this shit. He reads what you guys say. He totally does. You might not respond to every damn thing, but he reads what you say. He's listening to your feedback. And he does accept responsibility for anything that, that you know did didn't go quite well. We all do. You know, but don't think that we're over here fucking banking though. And like we're just trying to like pull some EA shit on some Battlefront shit and trying to just gank you for your money, because that is not the case at all. Shit. <laughs> we gotta eat, too. <laughs> Y'all tripping right now. <laughs> oh, man. I cut off my chest, man. Y'all be tripping sometimes, man. I read what y'all say, too. <laughs> I read what y'all say, too. So, shit, you see me walking around, you know who the fuck I am now. <laughs> Hopefully they hear it, feel it, etc. I don't give a fuck. I'll say it to you again, got that. I'd prefer to do it in person. Shit. Yeah. I, I feel, you see it. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, man. Yeah, while we're on the topic, fuck it, man. Oh, let me put this motherfucker down, man. TFC last year. So y'all remember the uh, Hurricane Matthew hit, right? So mm-hmm. you know we we um. I think it was Saturday. We had no power, right? That was still the funnest tournament I think I've ever been to in my life. And I'll go into that too. But power's out. One of these third strike players, Asian guy, I never saw him again. Kind of balding. I'm describing him. So in case one of you motherfuckers know know who I'm talking about, you know, let him know I'm talking about his ass. So this motherfucker, like, he comes up to me and he's like, so uh, do you think uh, Larry's a Going to give refund? I was like, refund. So let me ask you something. If he gives everybody a refund, do you think there's going to be a tournament or do you think we're going to pack the fuck up and go home? Oh, but the power's out. So what's Larry God now? You're literally blaming Larry for Hurricane Matthew. How? Talking about, talking about, we should have fucking canceled and all that. And everybody already had their flights booked, their goddamn hotels booked. And it's two weeks out. What you think you're going to get a refund from the goddamn airline? A full refund two weeks out? You think that's going to happen? Really? Reality check. <laughs> Wake the fuck up. That's not a thing that happens. That's not a thing that happens. So hell no, we wasn't canceling that shit. And honestly, that was one of the funnest tournaments we had. And we still finished on motherfucking time because we were ahead of time. Before we lost fucking power. Fuck you mean. Holland did his thing. Holland did his motherfucking thing. Goddamn Eastad killed that shit. They was on they was way ahead of time. So much so that we lost 12 hours and they still finished on time. Fuck you mean. Get out of here. Get out of here. And then 
This is why this is my favorite tournament, right? John Nitty, my nigga. So there's no there's no power, right? And you know it always comes with the bullshit. You know, like we're the FGC, so blame those guys for stuff, right? So yeah. within the hotel is there's like a a bunch of old people, right, for a bingo tournament, a bunch of senior citizens, and then a bunch of kids for uh, like a hockey tournament, like a high school hockey tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody trashes the pool. The hotel immediately comes for us, thinking it's us. Come for Larry. Come for E. Like, this is not our first year. That we, they've been there for four years. That was my first CFC, but they've been there for four years. Mm-hmm. And nothing like that has ever happened. So it was like, what? What do you mean, us? Clearly, it was the goddamn high school kids. And then when it went and rolled back the fucking footage, it was the high school kids. So fuck out of here, right? So they felt kind of stupid for that, right? Um, what the FGC was doing, <laughs> this is kind of funny. They was uh, plugging into the emergency power in the elevators and running setups off that shit, right? So hotel staff started going around, you know, hey, you guys can't do that. You guys can't do that, blah, 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 blah. You know, I made him take it down. Um, so eventually, I just went to the lady. I was like, look, the, the senior citizens had already left because there's no power. They're not, they ain't going to say that. And then, like, maybe like 20, 30 minutes after that, the high school kids left. We're literally the only people there. I'm like, none of them are taking the elevator. Um, they're going to do it as soon as you leave. You might as well just let them do it. Just, just let them do it. So if you ever see hashtag hallway brackets, it's because after that conversation, literally on every fucking floor, Mel can tell you because uh, they were right outside her door, was niggas running side tournaments on the emergency power <laughs> at the hotel on every floor. It was glorious. That's what hashtag hallway brackets was. That was the best thing ever. John Eddy was a part of that. I can't remember who else was a part of that. Um, but shout out to all you guys. I was so proud of the FGC. Then they, you know, when you turn lemons into lemonade, that's what the fuck that was. That was fucking spectacular. That's one of the best things ever, yo. Just plugged into the emergency power of the goddamn elevators on every floor of the hotel, running side tournaments. Bravo. Bravo. That's fucking That was was great. That's why it was my favorite tournament, because I've never been more proud of the FGC than I was that day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's real FGC because they came knowing that storm was coming. And some of y'all tripped out talking about give me a refund and shit. And then for some reason still wanted to stay in the tournament. And then we told that one that happened. And it, like one nigga dropped out of uh, Marvel 3. And I think that, I mean, we didn't hardly lose any fucking body. The rest of the motherfuckers stayed. You know what I mean? Especially the third strike, Carol, because they don't give a fuck. And, um, they just rocked out, and that shit was awesome. That shit was awesome. That was my favorite fucking tournament. Goddamn TFC 2K16. Bravo, guys. I had to get that off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy crap! Put all negative. I, I have fun with it anyway. We're gonna we're gonna chop it for there because obviously I'm gonna have you on again, so it ain't no big deal. 
But we're gonna yeah, try I like it. Because <laughs> we got more story to tell and stuff like that. But that's that's I gotta I gotta piece it all up in regards to my questioning and stuff so I don't give out too much. So we wanna thank you for getting on, but also let everybody know where they can catch up to you, follow you, or whatever the case may be. Um, if they want to keep up with you, uh, gaming wise and and as an employee of Final Round as well. Well, I mean, you just just add me on Facebook, Justin Gray. Um, just add me off a of Trey's friends list, Larry's friends list, whatever. If you want to hear me complain about stuff, uh, gaming wise, I don't really stream too much, but. People keep telling me I need to just just cause, you know what I mean. And I, I I guess I might, I guess I might. If so, like if I do, then I'm gonna post it all on my Facebook. So just add me on Facebook. That's that's probably the best way. I'm not I'm not too out there, you know. And I don't really have too many plans to be. I'm thirty fucking five. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm lazy. I, that's really what it is. I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's what it boils down to. I'm, I'm lazy. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. I'm lazy. Holy shit! But, I mean, if if people want me to, then I will. You know, I mean, I could definitely tell you some fucking stories that you're not gonna believe me on, but I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna tell you anyway. I mean, I just told you about my smoking weed in the Navy story. <laughs> if you think about it, you know how logical is that, right? How logical is that? The guy who gives the drug test is the guy who's doing drugs. Yeah. Come, on. Come on, that makes smartest sense in the world, right? <laughs> and like, if you, I, I, I want to leave the community with this. If you ever get a chance to leave the country, please do. Please do. Especially if you go to Asia. If you ever get a chance to go to Asia, please do. Please do. If you ever want to know what it's like to be a celebrity, then leave the country and go to Asia. Because that's what it's like. God damn right. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly what being a celebrity is like. Just leave the country. You can, you can experience that. <laughs> People have no idea who you are, but we'll, we'll want to. They will want to know who you are. <laughs> like, what's he got going on? <laughs> you have trouble getting pussy. Go to go to Asia. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. I got it in. We got it in. <laughs> now, now we gotta have a how to get pussy in Asia podcast. Now what the fuck? That's what else we had to do next. All you gotta do is live. Podcast over. Boom, done. <laughs> All you gotta do is exist. Just don't be obnoxious. You know, you don't gotta try to impress. They're already impressed. Remember, think about it like this. Think about it like this. You're in their land. So now you're the exotic one. That's what it is. You're exotic now. I'm gonna go over there with my angry black man jersey. And you, but you, you would blow the fuck up because you're you're too you're too aggressive to not be noticed. So <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. Um, if I was like Scott's height and weight and I still have my hair, I don't know what I would be doing over there. Though. You don't have to be. Because like like you wear like you know what I mean, suits and shit. You know what I mean? And 
it be like color coordinated and shit. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to get. I'm still trying to get. When I got my uh, when I got my uh, orange belt, I think it was no, that was an orange. What the hell am I talking about? It was purple in uh, Taekwondo. I wanted to get me uh, the Chinese uh, suit, but you know they're real small compared to us, so you have to get fit for it, stuff like that. You got to get it custom made. Yeah, but I don't have. There's no the the location where I used to get my suits. Um, the last year was when I had got out of jail, and I was like, uh, that that front around where you see I'm in my blue suit or whatever. And that that's when I'm picking up when I said that shit. That was that same uh that same year is when that store shut down. So I don't know where I can go or like a place online or anything like that because I have three suits that I want. Um. I, I'm what I'm probably gonna have to do is actually go get measured so then I'll have my sizes and everything like that. So then when I do find a location, whether it be online or whatever, then I'll be able to send off for it. Cause when Zero was in Japan, I was trying to get him to get uh get me measured or get get him the measurements and stuff like that so he can get it. Um, but he ended up uh he ended up going somewhere. I forgot where they had him uh stationed at. So he ended up not being able to get it or whatever. I still want to though, but I already got one suit lined up for final round anyway. Um, nigga, I ain't going to Vietnam. Go to Japan, man. Give a Scott. You know what? That's that's who needs to hook me up. He should know where mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm gonna hit him. That's who I'm gonna hit up because he should definitely know where to go. Cause I asked, I asked Eric, and Eric had uh, he told me what particular suits and stuff, and I told him to get my size. Yeah, I told him I can give him my sizes, or whatever. But the website that he gave me was real funky and shit, so I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable with doing it. So I, I didn't do it. Oh shit! But yeah, I had to hit up Scott. Hopefully, I catch him on PS4. Uh, cause he be a, he, he be, be on just that weird ass time. Yeah, yeah, he be sneaking on Tekken sometimes and stuff like that. I be seeing that shit. So, all right, I'm going to cut out, and I'm going to cut out on y'all guys because it is time to get the fuck off the clock. I, to- I told you this one was going to be the longest one, cause, and we ain't... This, this... Yeah, this... this... Yeah, this I told you we ain't even get twenty percent of the way. Cause wait, wait till I have Justin and then like one other person at the same time, and then when I start interviewing them for the documentary and stuff, that's when it's really going to get get wicked. That's when it's really going to get good. But anyway, let me goddamn get out of here so I can. Go. All right, dude. Same shit, man. I've been here thirteen hours, though. Mario, 